Well, Father, I thank you for your word. It is forever settled in heaven and earth. And I ask you to settle us, Holy Spirit, in the word of God today. Thank you for the spirit of understanding, the spirit of revelation in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you for opening our hearts, our eyes, and our ears. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, if you have your Bibles, let's go ahead and turn to Mark chapter 4 again. I'm sharing on the mystery of seeds, the mystery of seeds. And in this session, I want to share on how that our words, our words are seeds, are seeds. Jesus talked about faith, and he said, if you had faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say to a sycamine or a sycamore tree, be plucked up and removed and it would obey you. So he tied even our faith into the concept of seeds. And faith has to be sown in our situations. Faith is sown to change problems. Faith is sown to create God's kind of prosperity in our lives. And how is faith sown? It is sown with our words. Faith speaks. That is just a simple Bible principle. And we would do well to take heed to the principle of faith and seed time and harvest. Let's look again at what Jesus taught in regards to the kingdom and seeds in Mark chapter 4, verse 30. Then he said, to what shall we liken the kingdom of God? Or with what parable shall we picture it? It is like a mustard seed, which when it is sown on the ground is smaller than all seeds on earth. But when it is sown, it grows up and becomes greater than all herbs and shoots out large branches so that the birds of the air may nest under the shade. So we see here, that small seeds, small seeds can meet great needs. And yet many people simply do not see the value of what God has given them and how that anything can become a seed in your life and sown toward a changed life in your future. And so we cannot despise small things or small matters. In Matthew chapter 14, I shared the story of the, of the little boy's lunch and how that it seemed so insignificant. It was so small. But when Jesus mixed faith with that little boy's lunch, it became a seed that fed over 5,000 men alone and they had 12 baskets left over. Now that's pretty profound. In 1 Kings chapter 17, there's the story of a widow of Zarephath and Elijah has been used by God and literally pronounced a famine on the land because of Israel's disobedience and specifically the king. And so God is sustaining Elijah by a, a crick, a crick, sorry, a creek. <laughs> you know, when you're just a hick, you're a hick, hallelujah. But he sustained him by a crick, hallelujah. And fed him by the wings, if you will, of ravens. And so that's a pretty fascinating miracle on how God was sustaining the man of God. And the creek went dry 
And so God spoke to Elijah, and this is so important. We just can't go back and look at everything I have in my heart today, but I'm giving you the references to check it out. God spoke to Elijah and said, go to Zarephath. There is a widow there that I have commanded to sustain you. You have to understand that or you're going to miss this story. You're going to misapply it. You're going to misunderstand things in the kingdom. So Elijah had a word from God to look for a widow. And listen, a widow had already heard from God that a prophet will show up and you're to sustain him. So when he shows up at Zarephath, he sees this woman out collecting sticks and he asks for a drink of water. And so he begins to test to see if this is the widow that God told him about. So he said, while you're getting me a drink of water, would you get me something to eat? And the lady said, well, I don't have anything to eat. I'm out here collecting sticks and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to build a fire and I'm going to cook. A, uh, I've got just a little bit of flour, a little bit of oil. I'm going to cook one meal. My son and I are going to eat it and die. Oh, that's a lot of faith. <laughs> I never have understood that. I don't know if you can understand that. If you're believing you're going to die anyway, why pick up sticks? Why cook? I have a hard time cooking when I know I'm going to live. <laughs> if I think I'm going to die, I'm surely not going to cook. But she says, I'm just going to cook my last meal and we're going to eat it and die. And Elijah said, well, give me something of it first. See, if you don't know God had already spoken to Elijah and faith had come looking for a widow and that God had already spoken to a widow to sustain the man of God. So he's testing her, but she's looking for a man of God because God had already spoken to her to sustain him. So you cook for me first and give to me and God's going to meet your, your need. And if you'll read the story, she's got just a little bit of flour, a little bit of oil, and the flour during the drought never ran out. It just kept multiplying, and the oil kept multiplying. Listen, and not only provided for her, but sustained the man of God like God had promised. Man, that's exciting to me. Again, you've got something little. You've got something seemingly insignificant, but small seeds can meet great needs. And anything we have under the direction of God can be mixed with faith and sown as a seed and reap a huge harvest on it. Man, let that encourage you because we live in an hour and in a time when people do not value what they have and unfortunately the entire culture is coveting what everybody else has. We're either complaining about what we don't have, lusting for what other people have, instead of getting before God and saying, well, what do I have? I have so little God, but if I will sow it as a seed, then I can reap a great harvest and God prosper my life. And so that should encourage you. So one of the things we want to see from the Word of God today is that words, words are seeds. Now, write down James chapter 3, verses 1 through 11, because if I go there, we just won't get anywhere else. I'm just going to highlight it for you. But it's an incredible chapter in the book of James and James is explaining how most people do not understand the power of words. How most people do not see the mystery of your words or seeds. 
And this was a mystery to me when I had my open vision of the cross in 1980 and I came radically back to the Lord. There were a couple of things that were absolutely radical in my life in beginning to understand that was so opposite of how I thought before that open vision of the cross. One of them, I'm embarrassed to admit, was my music. I, I thought I'd have to give up my music and I just loved music and, and most of my music, uh, the words aren't, aren't very godly in the music. But the tune was so good. One of my favorite songs, I'm not going to tell you what it was. I heard it the other day uh, uh, on somebody else's radio. And, and I had to tune it out. <laughs> hey, I'm telling the truth. And so it's my favorite song. And it is a powerful, I mean, an awesome song. But the lyrics are horrible. It, I'll tell you, it's called, Oh, What a Night. Those of you that listen to that know who you are. <laughs> but it is such a cool song, Oh, What a Night. But it's full of fornication and just terrible stuff. I'm not making my point. <laughs> the second thing that was just radical in my thinking, and I saw just a, 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 a 180 was, was my words. I didn't think words mattered. Amen or oh me. I didn't think words affect things. I didn't think words were significant. I didn't think words were seeds. I didn't think all the things I'm saying in bad attitudes was not only sowing bad seeds, but my bad attitude was watering those bad seeds. And yet people go to church their whole life and never understand what a seed is, how to sow a seed, and how to water a seed. Murmuring and complaining is watering the doubt seeds of your life. Praise and worship and thanksgiving is watering the faith seeds of your life. And yet not only do people not understand this, and it's a great mystery to them, other people mock the Bible. Now listen to me, I love you. And I'm not trying to condemn anybody. I'm trying to help us all. But people literally mock God. Be not deceived. Evil communications will corrupt good manners. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that shall a man also reap. People mock God when they make fun of words. People mock God when they make fun of the power of words. And I didn't realize this in my life. And this was a huge paradigm shift for me. And I began to see my entire life begin to change with the understanding of words and faith and how that faith speaks. And faith is a seed that's sown that changes your life. How is it sown? It's sown in words. Just like fear is sown in the hearts of people through words, faith is sown in the hearts of people through through words. And James dedicated nearly a whole chapter in the New Testament to this. He said, look, in many things we offend everybody. Can I get a witness at that? But if a man offend not in word, the same is a perfect or a mature man. And if a man can control his tongue and bridle his tongue, he can control his whole body. If your body and the, and, the, and the senses of your body and the lust of your flesh is out of control, I can tell you something that's more out of control than your body, it's your tongue. 
And until you can yield your tongue over to the Holy Spirit and yield your tongue over to the, to the Word of God, you're not going to be able to bridle your whole body. And he knew everybody would look at me like you're looking at me. And everybody watching, if you're still watching, would be a little perplexed. So he said, he gives three examples. You'll be, you'll be hard-pressed to find anywhere in the whole Bible three examples of a truth right there together being taught. If you can find it, please email me. Three examples when he talks about our tongue. And he says, a bit is such a little bitty thing in a horse's mouth, but that little bitty bit controls the whole body of the horse. A rudder is a very small thing on a ship, but it controls the direction of the whole ship. It's a little bitty thing. Don't make fun of little bitty things like a bit. Don't make fun of little bitty things like a rudder. And don't make fun of little bitty things like a spark. It's a little bitty spark that burns down a whole forest. And he said the, the tongue is full of poison and a world of iniquities. And it sets the course of nature on its path and is literally set on fire of hell. Wow. I mean, that's just alarm. You see why I didn't want to turn over there? If we turn over there, we'll start a whole series. I don't want one, one, one half of a chapter there of never think words are insignificant. Never think the words of your life doesn't matter. And while I don't want to condemn anybody for words, while I don't think we should be jumping on each other for, for, for words and that kind of thing, we can't neglect what the Word of God says about the power of words. Now, again, I could spend hours and hours on this, but I want to share some of the scriptures that have meant the most to me and brought revelation of, listen, words are seeds. Words are seeds. And when you begin to see words are seeds then you understand why you can't just say something and it happened overnight. Any morning you plant corn in the ground and it happened overnight. And there's a lot of liberty and freedom when you do sow a bad seed to pull it up. I still make mistakes in saying something I shouldn't say or, or making a confession that is a bad seed. And I thank God I don't sow it in one second and reap it in a minute any more than I sow corn in a second and reap it in a minute. I can repent quickly and go, oh, man, I shouldn't have said that. I rebuke me. I've rebuked me a whole lot more than I've ever rebuked you. But I'll rebuke me out loud. I'll say, I rebuke me in the name of Jesus. That's a bad seed, and I'm not going to water it with a bad attitude. I'm going to now counter it with a good seed and water it with thanksgiving and praise. And that's the freedom and liberty we have. We're not condemned in this life by our words if we, can, if we can live a repentive life. But think about this. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 12, verse 36, that in the day of judgment, we'll give an account for every idle word spoken, for by our words we're condemned and by our words we're justified. Jesus said in John 6, 63, the words that he spoke, they were spirit and life. Words have spirit in them. And they have life, just like seeds have life in them. Words have life in them to reproduce after their own kind. Go to Proverbs chapter 18. Proverbs chapter 18. Now, I'm going to go through these things pretty quick because i got a couple of scriptures perhaps you've, you've not seen. 
And again, they've really, really helped me. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 20. In the King James Bible, a man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruits of his mouth, and with the increase of his lips shall he be filled. Now, he can't be talking about food and your natural belly, because your natural belly is not filled with the fruit of your lips. Your natural belly is filled with the fruit of your labor, the work of your hands. Actions are seeds. Work is a seed. And you reap food from the labor of your hands. He's talking about your spirit man and all of these wonderful treasures that are in your spirit man, these things that you already have in Jesus and in the new creation, and belly here, again, is a type of the Spirit and a reference to the Spirit. In John chapter 7, Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit will come, He'll be flowing out of our belly. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. How many of you know He's not talking about your stomach, your physical stomach? Your belly is your spirit. It's the center of your, of your being. Some of you look like you got more spirit than me. <laughs> Oh, come on, Durant. <laughs> I just got a little bitty spirit. No, we've all been given the same measure of faith. <laughs> and my spirit is huge, hallelujah. I don't care what it looks like. Now, look at the next verse. When you put them together, you understand that. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Notice how our words, our tongue, is seed of death and life. And we reap fruit. I thought you'd like that. I, I thought that'd be more exciting to you. Let's read it again. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it. They that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. You're going to eat the fruit of seeds you've sown. What seeds are he talking about? Seeds of death and seeds of life. Jesus, he said his words were spirit and life. Jesus had no death words. Jesus had no death words. Jesus never had to rebuke himself. I'm not a good model. Jesus is a perfect model. He never had to rebuke himself. He never had to retreat his words, retract his words, repent of his words. He was a perfect or a mature man because he didn't offend in word. Now, people took offense at the word of God. That's different. He didn't offend with his words and death seeds. I and you, our words, our spirit. We're created in the image and in the likeness of God. And our words, our spirit and Death and life. And so we have to learn to quit sowing death seeds and sow nothing but life seeds. And we just have to be quick to go, you know, I'm sorry. I didn't mean that. That didn't come out right. In marriage, you got you to gotta dig up a lot of seeds. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> Good to have you back, Mark. 
Lisa's going, man, we should keep coming all the way from Fort Worth. I know it's a long ways, but Lisa's happy. We, we need to see the mystery of seeds. And in the mystery of seeds are words. Words are seeds. Why? They're filled with life or death. It's important that we speak words of life. And listen, it's important that we receive good seeds, words of life spoken over us. I don't ever rebuke anybody to their face or anything like that and be mean or rude. But man, sometimes people will just speak a death seed over me. And I just don't receive it. I don't condemn the person. I don't condemn people, but I condemn any tongue that rises up in judgment against me because that's a seed. And a lot of us don't realize how many bad seeds have been spoken over our lives, get into our heart. And instead of getting just a revelation of that, you just need to get a revelation again of Jesus, the gardener of your heart, that you can clean your heart up really quick of bad seeds and you can surround yourself with people that are going to speak good seeds over you. There's people that have a meltdown and trigger Something triggers them because of seeds that have been sown into their heart for years. I'll come along and just say something and it'll trigger death seeds. Instead of getting angry at me, come running to me. I'll repent of triggering you. And then I'll help you dig up all those bad seeds. Amen. Let's dig them up. We can pray. This is where church culture really comes in. And, and we can pray for crop failure. Some of you, I just got to pray over you for about a year for crop failure. Just every bad seed that's been sown, that it, that it die. And that you now replace those bad seeds with good seeds. There's no sense in getting condemned over anything. There's no sense in getting offended at anything. There's certainly no sense in mocking the Word of God. God said death and life are in your tongue. That's pretty serious. And so I want my words to be spirit and life. Turn over quickly. I was going to quote it, but let's turn quickly to Hebrews. Hebrews chapter, chapter 11. I like the way the New King James says this in, in verse, verse 3. This is the faith chapter. And it says in verse 3 of Hebrews chapter 3, by faith we understand. <laughs> Don't get bogged down to wait. By faith we understand. Man, some things are only going to be understood when you operate in faith. You're not going to be able to carnally understand how words are seeds. And one of the reasons there's so much mockery that goes on in the church is because of my last series I tried to teach you. There's so much immaturity in the church that if you start talking about words, only the mature understand what you're talking about. It's the immature that go words don't matter. Talk to a little kid. They don't think words matter. And you got to constantly be talking to them. You can't talk to your sister like that. You can't speak to your mama like that. She brought you in, but I can take you out. <laughs> I repent of that death <laughs> word. <laughs> we, at large, I mean, I just stand amazed after decades of teaching that have been going on in the body of Christ on confession and words, how people sit in church and mock 
preachers mock churches for preaching the Word of God. By faith, we understand the worlds were framed by the Word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God. You go back to Genesis chapter 1, and God said, and God said, and God said, and God said, and it was so. Everything originated out of God's Word. God didn't have something to build something. We have to have something to build something. We got some projects at this location coming up. I probably just got in trouble. I didn't say that. <laughs> this is why a lot of people in leadership don't want to tell me anything. It just, <laughs> it just comes out. I get excited. So anyway, if you build something, we can't just build something out of nothing. We have to have wood. We have to have steel. We have to have electrical wire. You, you understand what I'm saying? We build out of things that are. And visible things. God didn't have anything when he built the worlds, plural. He spoke them into existence. We're created in the image and in the likeness of God. Amen. Let me just cut to the chase here in a hurry. Your world right now is being framed by the words of your mouth. Your world is being framed. God framed the worlds by the word of his mouth. We are framing our little worlds by the words of our mouth. And this offends people. They want to blame everything else, everybody else for a messed up world that they've created. I'm not saying every bad. It's so challenging. And I don't know if I should say this now. I'm trying to guard my tongue now in the sense of if I say your world is being framed by the words of your mouth, many among us either get angry or get condemned and go back to that same old mindset of, well, he's saying it's all my fault. I'm not saying it's all your fault, just mostly your fault. <laughs> There's a lot of bad stuff that happens to good people that's not your fault. Did you hear me say that? Yes. There's sin in the world that brings death to all of us that we didn't sow. This is a part of maturing. This is a part of reading the whole Bible. This is a part of being a disciple and going from a convert to a disciple. While my words are framing my world to a measure, there's things happening in my orbit that are because of other people's words, other people's actions, other people's seeds sown. And that's why there has to be a day of judgment. And we all give an account because I'm not only framing my world by the words of my mouth, I'm framing a lot of other people's worlds with the words of my mouth right now. And I'm, 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 I'm bringing you into Dwayne's world. Hallelujah. <laughs> Welcome to Dwayne's world. A world where the love of God is dominant. A world where God does love you 
passionately. A world where he wills nothing but good for you. A world where he's for you. And if he be for you, who can be against you? A world where your sons and daughters of God created and recreated now in the image of Jesus Christ. And your words matter, hallelujah. So I'm trying to tell you, quit getting condemned, quit getting mad, get on fire and start speaking words of life over your kids, over your heart, over our church, over our destiny. I'm going to be... Every leader just cringed again. We got good stuff coming. And I'm trying to get you ready for the good stuff coming so you know how to speak words of life over it instead of, well, what kind of deal is that? I mean, I can't believe we spent the money on that. We could have given it to the poor. You would have been on Jesus's team. They didn't like the way he spent the money. And they kept thinking we should have spent it over here on the poor and was negative and so in bad seas. But Jesus was just so full of the Holy Spirit and so mature. He just countered it with you're going to have the poor with you forever. But I'm only going to be here for a season. And what this woman has done, and if you don't know the Bible, you don't have any idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> Words are seeds. Everything originated from God's Word. Listen, Every, oh, this is so good. Everything responds to seeds and words. Everything responds to seeds. The ground responds to seed, and the ground of the kingdom of God responds to word seeds. Everything was created by the word. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3 says that God is upholding all things by the word of his power. That's why it's impossible for God to lie. God cannot lie. When I first got started in the ministry, I, bear with me if you've heard this story, but it's just so powerful. I was pastoring in the Methodist church and I got all excited and had to cut my 15-minute message short because I, from the stage, said that there's some things God can't do. And, of course, even here at Victory Life, we just sang a song today. I don't know what we're singing at the other locations, but we just sang a song, Show Me Something God Can't Do. Well, okay, I'll show you something God can't do. He can't lie. He can't change. He can't fail. Are you with me? Well, the immature outnumbered the mature that last time I said that. And you could feel the opposition because they were singing songs. God can do anything. And I didn't mean to be mean. I was excited. I was anointed. I was preaching. I wasn't thinking. <laughs> That'll hit the preachers later. And I mean, I, I mean, they hit me. I mean, here they come pouring out like a floodgate of people coming up to me and trying to correct me and saying, you can't say something like that. You can't say God can't do certain things. And I was a young minister, and so I respected them. They were all old enough to be my great-great-great-grandpa. 
And so I, I went home and felt bad about it. So I come back the next day and, or next week. And I said, listen, I said last week, there's some things God can't do, but I meant to say there's some things God won't do. And then the Lord rebuked me. I could hear the Lord. I could feel the Holy Spirit grieved. He rebuked me. And so I repented that week to God. And I come back the third week and said, folks, I'm sorry to tell you, there's some things God can't do. <laughs> he rebuked me this week. Why is it impossible for God to lie? There's plenty of scriptures that teach this. God's word, his integrity, his character, his faith-filled words created everything. Those same faith-filled words are upholding everything. The entire cosmos and rotation, listen, not of just the earth and our solar system, the entire galaxies of galaxies that were created by the Word of God are being upheld by the Word of God and have their rotation divinely set by God's Word. Everything that exists is being upheld by the Word of God. The chairs are being upheld by... Those chairs ultimately originated in the Word of God and they're upheld by the Word of God. The planet, the solar system. For God to lie one time, the entire solar system, the entire planet would be slung into chaos. It'd be dissolved and destroyed. This is why it's impossible for God to lie. And this is why you're supposed to be a person of confidence in God, that if God said something, you can count on it, praise God. You can count on it. You can say it. Here's the key. God said it. I believe it. And now I need to say it. And when I say it, it's like a seed that is sown. Go back to Proverbs. I got to hurry. Proverbs 15. Bless my heart. Proverbs 15 or Proverbs 12. Proverbs chapter 12. Let's go through these quickly. Verse 14. A man will be satisfied with good by the fruit of his mouth. Notice mouth and fruit. That means there has to be a seed. There can't be the connection of mouth and fruit without a seed. So when he says your mouth, he's talking about your words. Words are seeds. A man will be satisfied with the good by the fruit of his mouth. And the recompense of a man's hands will be rendered to him. Go to Proverbs chapter 13. Proverbs 13, 2. A man shall eat well by the fruit of his what? Notice a man eats well naturally by the fruit of his hands. Labor. So when he says, a man shall eat well by the fruit of his mouth, he's talking about our spiritual lives. He's talking about all the good in our lives. See, what's so sad about this? I, I wish I had more time. 
And I, I've got to quit complaining about the lack of time and leverage the beautiful time I have with you. <laughs> you just saw me repent. <laughs> Seeing people self-destruct. I mean, if, help me out here. If, if I saw you sowing physically seeds of divorce, if you could sow a seed, a physical seed of divorce, don't you think that would alarm me a little bit and caution me and I'd want to help you? If you could sow a seed of sickness and I saw the seed and I saw you sow it, wouldn't that motivate somebody that loves you like I love you to go, hey, we need to work on this. Don't, let's, let's quit sowing those seeds there and let's, let's sow some better seeds. Doesn't that make sense? And yet people will sit around and speak words of death all day long. All day long. Not realizing you're sowing seeds, framing your world of death. Amen. Then some people will sit there and they'll get a hold of what I'm saying. They'll try it for a week. They'll come back next week and say it didn't work. Amen. Now look at this. Let me, let me hurry. A man shall eat well by the fruit of his mouth, but the soul of the unfaithful feeds on violence. Look at all the death around us. I'm not going to name anything. All you got to do is look around and go, where's all this coming from? It got into the hearts of people first, and out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Seeds are sown, and now you wake up one day and you got a life that's a mess. Look at this. He who guards his mouth preserves his life, but he who opens wide his lips shall have destruction. Are y'all getting this in Durant and the other locations? This is important. Read that again with me. Look at verse 3. He who guards his mouth preserves his life, but he who opens wide his lips shall have destruction. Where's all this destruction coming from? Coming from messed up hearts and out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, words are seeds, and in time you reap a harvest of death and destruction. And so we're supposed to come together and pull up all them bad seeds. I'm, I'm under the anointing of the Holy Spirit right now and I'm telling you, I'm the best weed killer you've ever had in your life. I'm killing weeds that were seeds that were sown by the culture, sown by the news, sown by college campuses, sown by backslidden preachers. And those seeds, those weeds need destroyed with the truth. And then that's just the start. Now you got to plow back up your ground. Your heart needs to be pliable and humble and hungry and ready for good seed so that I can sow seed and you get a harvest that is so awesome. Look at Isaiah. This right here, Lord spoke this to me and it's like, wow. I had missed this for years. Isaiah 57, 
verse 19. I, this is God speaking, I create the fruit of the lips. I create the fruit of the lips. Can't have fruit without seeds. What are the seeds? My words are seeds. And who's the Lord of the harvest? 1 Corinthians chapter 3, Paul planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. God is hovering over our lives, waiting and looking for good seed. And the minute that seed hits any ground, the ground of your heart, the ground of your promised land, the ground of your future, the ground that God has given each and every one of us that flows with milk and honey, once that seed hits any ground, God creates the fruit. Peace, peace to him who is far off and to him who is near, says the Lord. Look at this. And I will heal him. Let me tell you, one of the greatest healings I ever experienced was the healing of my tongue. God had to heal my tongue. I was creating a world of destruction. I was creating a world of despair. And I thought it was because of this. I thought it was because of poverty. I thought it was because... I mean, I was, I was the, one of the reasons I can say with confidence and not put up with the blame game is I used to be the captain of the team. <laughs> I could blame it. I, I don't want to confess now, even in hindsight, everybody I blamed for my world being framed of such destruction. And the only thing that changed was my heart. In 1980... My heart changed. I began to see how faith works. It's a seed. How's it sown? It's sown with words. And I just began to sow seeds of life immediately. And how can I have such a... If there was any way to show a before and an after picture, I could be in the dictionary of before and after. How can my life be so messed up and how can it be so blessed now? It was the seeds. I started sowing the right seeds. I started just speaking words of life. I started praising God. I started watering those seeds. I started allowing nothing but good seed to be put in my heart. I started cutting off bad seeds being sown. Amen. Go to 1 Peter. New Testament here. 1 Peter chapter 3. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8. Finally. That's a good place to end, amen? Because <laughs> I knew I would need a Finally. Because I get so excited about this stuff. I think everybody ought to be excited about it. So I want to start another series on words. And, and we just, we got so many other things we got to cover. And so I needed a finally. So I thought this would be a good verse. Finally, all of you be of one mind. Now think about that for a minute. All of you be of one mind. He's not saying we all are going to think the same exact way about everything in this life. You can't, even, you can't even achieve that in marriage. 
Amen or oh me. We're not a bunch of mind-numbed robots where I even control your thoughts and every thought, and we all have to think the same thing. When he says be of, the, of one mind, he's talking about the mind of Christ. He's talking about the kingdom of God and how we think in line with God versus in line with the world. Be of one mind. What mind are we to be of one? It's the mind of Christ, and we're all at different places in our arrival, and especially our arrival time with the mind of Christ. I'm still on the road to obtaining the mind of Christ in my carnal mind. I've obtained it in my spirit. I have the mind of Christ. But I got to get it from my spirit out here into my life through mind renewal and be of one mind. Be of one mind, having compassion for one another. We all need to think the same about being compassionate. Love as brothers. Be tenderhearted. Be courteous. Not returning evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, blessing, knowing that you were called to this, that you may inherit a blessing. We've been called to bless, to inherit a blessing. And one of the primary ways we bless is with our words. One of the primary ways I can bless you is by speaking the love of God over you, speaking and sowing seeds of love and, and God's word, et cetera, et cetera. Now, this is where it gets cool. For he who would love life. Now, I'm going to put you on the spot. Durant, I'm going to put you on the spot. Other locations, I'm going to put you on the spot. I try not to do that often. But how many of you love life? Raise your hand. Okay, that's almost everybody here. Did y'all raise your hands? All right, I love life. For he who would love life, I got my name in there. And see good days. How many of you want to see good days? Okay, that's a few more. Some of you want to see good days, but you don't want to live to experience it? I don't get that one. Pray for me on that one. All right, I'm raising my hand. I, I, I love life. And I want to see good days. Now, what? We just get religious sometimes at church. What if I came along just in the natural? We didn't have a podium. I didn't have a Bible. I'm not on Facebook. It's my Bible on here. And what if I just came up to you and say, Would you like to live long? Antoinette, did I finally get your name right? Antoinette, I got it right. And I didn't think. That's awesome. That's a hard name for me. She's been here forever. What if I came to Antoinette and said, Antoinette, do you, do you want to love life? Do you love life? Yeah, she'd go, yeah. Um, what was the next one there? He says, uh, you want to see good days? You want to see good days or bad days? Do you want to die early? Do you want to live long? Do you want to see good days? Do you want to see bad days? Really bad days? How hard is that? And even Antoinette got it right. Tell us to read it out of the Bible and just act like it's real. <laughs> For he who would love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. 
Somebody give Jesus praise. Hallelujah. Pastor. Pastor, are you saying that I can really change the whole direction of my life with this little bitty thing called words? Pastor, are you saying I could get control of my body if I could control my tongue? Pastor, are you saying that my words like a little bitty rudder on a ship going south can begin to slowly turn that ship and make it go north, this little bitty rudder? Pastor, are you saying just a spark, something so insignificant, something so little can burn down a whole forest? Pastor, are you saying I can start today, turn my heart toward God and sow seeds of life, sow seeds of good days, get up in the morning in a simple prayer time and say, Father, I thank you that today goodness and mercy are going to follow me all the days of my life. Mercy, goodness, speed up. <laughs> Chase me down. Come on. Oh, just talking about the mockery starts by those destined to destruction and death. But the victory starts for those who believe the Bible and believe words are seeds. And I'm going to sow good seeds. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Man, that was good. I don't think I can do that again. We're going to replay this for the next service. I'm going to sit here. I'm going to stand up here and, and just move my lips. That, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding because I'm trying not to, to get over spiritual, actually, because I'm so excited. You've got to go over this and over this and over this. We could spend hours on all the balances, all the, no, I'm not saying that. No, I'm not saying this. This is a part of pastoring people. But think about the truth that just came out and the power of it in our lives. Father, before I release the locations, I want to speak a blessing over them. I speak prosperity over every heart and life. I speak health, I speak health and wholeness over every life. I speak to marriages to be healed. I speak to families to be restored. I sow good seeds today. Help me to be a better farmer. Help us all to be good ground and help us to sow and receive good seed. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.